With races still too close to call, let me remind you it's not over till it's over. And even then, we have to keep our heads down and eyes up because we've still got a country to save. And in just a few minutes, I'll have Kurt Schilling and Officer Tatum on deck to break it all the way down. The show starts now. So Democrats control big tech, academia, Hollywood, sports entertainment, music entertainment, the FBI, the DOJ, and the White House. Democrats also have a love affair with mass mail-in voting, ballot harvesting, and a real problem with a little thing called voter freaking ID. They had all of that in their corner, and Republicans were still able to come out swinging. Yesterday should have been a referendum on everything Democrats have managed to screw up in just 21 short months. And honestly, the fact they got any votes in any races is still what shocks me. But nonetheless... Even with races still up in the air, we know we didn't get everything we wanted. But regardless, the hard work begins for Republicans. It's not enough to just be better than the alternative. A steaming pile of dog crap can do that. It's time to prove to Americans, to independents, to new and first-time Republican voters that we do what we say, say what we mean, and we get it done, despite the uphill battle we still face. Yesterday was the easy part. The hard work begins now. On deck, the officer Brandon Tatum went hard for candidate Kerry Lake. Did it pay off? He joins me next. So he's a former SWAT officer, a husband, a father, a male role model, and a badass who is unafraid to get into it. Joining me now with his election reactions is host of the Officer Tatum Show and podcast, Officer Brandon Tatum. All right, I'm pretty excited to get into this with you <laughs> because last night was uh, interesting, to say the least. So your top-line thoughts just nationwide and then we're going to get into arizona well first of all tommy i like the intro i'm going to demand that everybody give the same intro that you just gave me <laughs> now no I, I talk about i did election coverage we did it for about six or seven hours yesterday and I was very shocked that we didn't have the red wave that we expected. Uh, to me, it makes me feel like that uh, people in this country are completely brain dead and they fall for the propaganda that's pushed by the mainstream media, uh, television, movies, all of the above. However, we did have some prominent victories. Ron DeSantis in Florida, they did it right. They secured their elections there. And, and I think they did an incredible job. It's good to see in the state of Texas that the governor of Texas, uh, Abbott, absolutely destroyed the beta male, Beto O'Rourke. And so we saw some incredible victories. I do honestly believe that Kerry Lake is going to win um, by a, a pretty significant margin. We have a lot of people that voted in person. Most Republican conservatives vote on Election Day in person. And I think those votes will be tabulated here soon. But um, it, it was incredible to see. I'm still excited of what the Republicans were able to do. I, I believe, based on the numbers that we have today, that they took over the House of Representatives. And Nancy Pelosi is going to retire with her husband, who is doing nefarious things at his house allegedly. And so I, I think overall it was it was impressive. I would have really liked to see uh, the Republicans do what they did in Obama's administration, take over 70 plus seats in the House and over what, 15 seats in the Senate. Yeah, you know, it wasn't the red tsunami that we wanted. Uh, that is for certain. But it doesn't mean that we didn't have victories. And you brought up some great ones. I mean, look at Florida. That was absolutely phenomenal. Not even just Ron DeSantis, but when you look at Miami-Dade itself, which is typically a blue area. The fact that that went red, I think that that means a lot heading into 2024. Already, we're going to start talking about that. What does it say about the people of Pennsylvania? And I have to say, I'm not a Dr. Oz fan, so I'll go ahead and say that. I didn't think they had great options. But what does it say about the people of Pennsylvania? Would They would elect Fetterman. I mean, I am baffled 
by that. I just can't make any sense of it. I mean, it, it speaks to that most people are sheep, and I think most people are dumb. And, and I don't mean to be mean, but how on planet Earth are you voting for a candidate that's acting outside of your best interest? He has a stroke. He can't talk. He can't even interpret the human voice properly in order to represent you. But somehow they believe that he's better than Dr. Oz. Like I said, I don't think Dr. Oz was a great candidate. He wasn't inspiring to me. But at the same time, you would think that, hey, man, this man had a stroke. There's no way he can serve. And he's not going to serve with longevity or endurance. It's not going to be there for this particular candidate. And, and you, I mean, look across the board. Even in Arizona, I'll go back to Arizona. We had... The, the independent person uh, running for the, the Senate seat, he dropped out. He still got like 40,000 votes. He dropped out of the race. People are not even paying attention to anything. And it just tells me that, I mean, I'm very, you know, I'm not optimistic of the future unless we do something drastic because the, the next generation is even dumber than, than people that are voting right now. These indoctrinated in colleges, universities, Many of these, I, I just, I won't go there, but it, it is very disheartening that we haven't seen people actually vote in their best interest, especially with a man whose brain is half dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that bothered me, to say the least. I mean, now we have two incoherent people that are going to serve in Washington, D.C. I mean, you'd think they would learn their lesson with Biden, but nope, they just keep doing it. Uh, I think you're right, though, that people are not paying attention. You mentioned the young vote. When we look at the exit polls, those under 30, I mean... Are they a lost cause? I just don't understand. I know that the abortion issue fired a lot of people up, but are these people just not paying bills? Are their parents still paying for their gas and their credit cards? Is that why they're voting Democrat? Like, what sense of reality are they missing that they would mess up that seismically with their vote? It's emotionalism. Our generation is rooted in emotionalism, probably a lot of soy in a lot of these young men's diets that caused them to think emotionally. We know some of the women are, are voting emotionally. We know people in the black community vote emotionally. And that's what the Democrats run on. They run on your emotions. And people don't even, we, we went down to the University of Arizona and we asked them basic questions. They don't even know who the governor is in the state of Arizona. They have no idea what's going on. They don't know nothing about the border. We go down and talk to them about the border. They have no, uh, you know, information. They have no opinions about it. But yet they turn out to vote only listening to propaganda. But it, it is it is it is when we talk about the abortion issue, if I understand people may have an opinion about abortion, some people may want it. Some people may be against it. But don't be completely brain dead about what what is really going on. They listen to Democrats tell them if a woman has a miscarriage, she's going to go to jail. Right. If a woman is in the hospital and it is the life of her or the baby, given that, given that that's a medical procedure um, by the doctor to save the mother's life, somehow you're going to get arrested if the baby doesn't survive that. It, it's, it's, it's just not true. Supreme Court justice didn't ban abortions. Right. They, they did not ban abortions. What they did was they allowed the state to make the decision because they deemed that it wasn't constitutionally protected. This is what our Supreme Court is supposed to do. And if you live in a state like California, like Washington State, like Oregon, abortions it, it haven't changed for you. I don't understand why people are even arguing about this. And if you live in a state, you elect the officials that that's going to represent what you believe. That's how this constitutional republic works. It's not supposed to be run top down. It's supposed to be run by the people, for the people, starting with the states. And then when there's issues that are above what the state has the capability of doing across the United States of America, then the federal government is supposed to take control of that and, and, and leverage, you know, I, I guess the authority on providing what's right according to the Constitution. But when you're making a decision to vote for abortion or not, and you don't even know the facts, it, it, it is mind-blowing to me. 
a lot of facts that have been missed along the way. Uh, next, I want to turn to Georgia. I, you know, I know that there was a lot of issues in that race as well, a lot of personality and character issues. But how do we think that one's going to shake out when they go to their runoff? Well, I honestly believe that maybe this gives some of the Republican base there in Georgia a little bit of enthusiasm because Herschel Walker actually has a chance to win. Mm -hmm. You know, he did a really good job uh, as far as on Election Day. I mean, I saw him go up plenty of times in the vote, and I thought he was going to pull off the victory there, given the fact that Kemp just absolutely destroyed Snagatooth. I mean, Stacey Abrams, he absolutely destroyed her. I mean, she spent all that money. And she already knew it was about to happen to her, but, but, you know, the reality struck her very quickly. But I think that, you know, when you see Kemp do very, very well, I think that Herschel Walker has the potential to do well. And I'm going to be honest, y'all, Herschel Walker isn't a really, really strong candidate. When he debates, he, you know, he has struggles articulating clear sentences and he had his son come out against him, even though right or wrong, his son came out against him. And I think that hurt him because Warnock is the trashiest candidate on planet earth. Mm -hmm. He's a fake Christian. And, and many people think he's too uh, extreme. And so if we had a, a quality candidate, a person that could probably articulate himself very well, can dominate in the debate, did not have the baggage that Herschel Walker had, we would have seen a victory very similar to what Brian Kemp did in the gubernatorial race. So I think Herschel still has a chance. I think the the the, the people in, in Georgia, when they see that there's an opportunity, there's a chance, for some reason, I think people will jump on the bandwagon and cast their vote in this runoff election. And I hope to see Herschel Walker win. Oh. I do as well. I want to turn to New York. So that one, it's not that it's shocking that we have, you know, still Kathy Hochul. I, I'm not shocked. What I'm actually shocked about is how well Lee Zeldin did. I mean, that's big. That's big in New York. I think it goes to show that people are really, really sick of this culture of lawlessness. But now I wonder, because he wasn't able to pull off a victory, do you think New York is going to be in the same sad, sorry state of lawlessness? Is this just going to continue? Will the people ever learn their lesson there? Oh, you know what, uh, Tommy, people have to hit rock bottom before they realize what's going on. And I think that they're out, they're on their way. Mm -hmm. um, because when you look at the crime rate in New York, when you people getting pushed on the subway, pushed off to their death on the subway train, homeless people everywhere. People are actually sick of it. Some people are, are saying, hey, we want a difference. Some people are, are believing that the same soup warmed over is going to somehow taste better um, by electing the same person. So I'm seeing them go down a, a downward decline. Same thing in California. You see Newsom still in power. I mean, they they're once they hit rock bottom and it's absolutely out of control and they cannot do any more, uh, I think that then they're going to consider voting for somebody different, but they're completely insane by voting for the same soup that's, that tastes the same, that's still poisonous, and for some reason, people in New York still love it. But there's a lot of patriots there, and I think if they stay in there and they hang in there and overcome, I think we'll see a different uh, person elected. And it's just sad because they're going to have to go through this hell on earth for longer until they do hit that rock bottom. And that's real people and real lives being impacted and even lost because of all this. Last thing I want to ask you, you know, we, we expect to have a big announcement from Trump next week, expecting him to announce he's going to run in 2024. I got to be honest with you. I have mixed feelings about it. I really do. I love Donald Trump. I wish Donald Trump was our president right now. But because of everything that happened in the midterm elections, because of the power of the Trump endorsement or maybe the lack thereof, the power of the Trump endorsement that we thought was going to be, so seismic. I'm a little worried. Uh, I'm a little worried that people are going to be turned off just because they don't like Trump. 
and I'm worried that we're going to lose in 2024 for that reason, and I'm worried that someone like Ron DeSantis isn't going to step up and isn't going to run because he wants to let Trump have his moment. But what are your thoughts? What do you think we're going to see, and are you for it? I, I agree with you, Tommy. I, I feel the same way, and I know people are going to give me heat for it. But, man, I just I feel like this is a, a, a you know, a bad relationship. You know, you, you broke up and now she wants you back. And it's like, hey, I, I don't know if I don't know if this is the right time. I don't know if this is the right person for me. You know, Donald Trump, I wish he was the president. I think he did a phenomenal job. If he had two terms, our country would be a better place. However, I mean, I know people. In the cigar lounge, everywhere I go, older generation of men are like, they will never vote for Trump. And whether Trump is good or bad, the derangement that has been uh, created in society, I think that candidates are losing now still because of Trump. I think because Trump endorsed them or they believe that these people are election deniers and all of this stuff, I think that carries a lot of weight. And I, I want us to perceptualize, can we lead in a victory? Not do we like the person or do we think he's a great guy or do we love his charisma and that he's an outsider? But can we win? Are we going to show up in 2024 and people are going to just say we are afraid of, of Donald Trump? They impeached him twice. They're at Mar-a-Lago investigating him. I guarantee you they're going to try to indict him before he runs or right after he announced that he's going to run, it's just going to be a continuation of turmoil, you know, but it's it's hard because who else do we have? There's a lot of people that do a lot of talking, but they don't, they're not effective whatsoever. They're cowards. They will bow down to the Democrat mob. They will bow down to social media or, or the mainstream media. And, and so the hard part is, can we win with Trump given the fact that we already lost, whether they yeah. did something or not, we still got a dead man in the white house. So can we win with Trump is the biggest question. I will support him 100% of the way, but I really wished, and you know, I really wish we had better options. I wish we had a very uh, a strong man with, with a great reputation that can articulate himself, that's a leader, served our country. We do. I mean, we he sits in Florida. I wish we had he it. sits in Florida. He is Ron DeSantis. <laughs> he, we would ride in on a huge victory in 2024 if Ron DeSantis runs. We will win if he runs. But I'm worried now because Trump is going to announce, and I'm worried that Ron DeSantis doesn't want that battle right now, that he's going to wait his turn. But I don't think we can have him wait his turn. I don't think there's any well, time for that. Let me tell you this. Some birdies have told me that Ron DeSantis is going to run. Um, and, and, and this is the thing. I, I would love to see that race. I know a lot of people don't want to hear me say this. And I know a lot of people that follow me going to say I'm a rhino. Even my wife probably called me a rhino after she heard this. But I just really want to see someone who is very well polished. They have a good reputation, a good family man that can come in and don't have a lot of stones. You know, that's not living in a glass house. I mean, Donald Trump had a lot of baggage, man. And, and I'm not shocked that he did because Donald Trump was a celebrity. He's not a politician. He, he He's not trying to make sure that his resume looks good. He had a lot of things going on with his taxes. That's why he didn't release his taxes. I don't care. I hope he pays zero taxes. However, he had women here and he's had divorces and he gets on Twitter and argue with LeBron James and all of the argue with the media every day. Even during COVID, he let Dr. Fauci come out there and say whatever he wanted to say. And him and Dr. Fauci are arguing. That's not an example of leadership. My father was, my father would have voted for him, but the way he did COVID, my dad could not stomach his leadership. And I'll say this, I really wish we had a, a good candidate to pull forward. I, I would say I love Trump. Uh, I will vote for Trump. If DeSantis jumps in the race, I don't know. I don't know. I will see. 
uh, when it happens. But I, I really do think that we, we definitely need a strong candidate to win this time. I mean, Democrats have done a really good job at brainwashing. And I'll say this. Let us not be dismayed or let us not be confused. If DeSantis does jump in the race, there's going to be some women that come out and say he raped them uh, in middle school or something. And, and, and so we're going to see the attacks on DeSantis as well. But I just think it's not enough real estate there to actually go as far as they went with Donald Trump. No, and Ron DeSantis is a family man, and he did phenomenally well in Florida. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I don't want the mess. I don't want the two to go after each other. I was really disappointed when Trump gave him that nickname last weekend. That really bothered me to my very core. That is not what we needed to be doing before midterms, Donald Trump. But I really hope that Donald Trump can put his ego aside. I hope he can take a step back and put America first. And knowing that we need to win in 2024 because the future of our country really does depend on it. So you and I, you know, we're on the same page on that one. Well, I have one thing to say. Donald Trump raised a hundred something million dollars and a lot of that money did not go to some of these candidates that ran. And some people are questioning, is he holding it for himself or could he have put some of that money behind some of these candidates and we were seeing bigger victories? I mean, it still remains to be seen. I got two more things to say. One about New York. I think the reason why you, New York may be electing uh, this lady again, um, because a lot of conservatives moved out. Yeah. <laughs> they went to Florida. That's why DeSantis won almost by 2 million votes because <laughs> yeah. people are sick of New York. They get sick of California and they're moving out. So that could be an indication of why it is still bluer than, you know, the blue is the noonday sky. Um, and why we'll probably see the trend happen until they hit rock bottom. I think you're right about that one. Uh, but all all roads lead back to Florida. So maybe make America like Florida. I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. But we're already gearing up for 2024. It's still not over yet for the midterms, though. So we're still pulling for Kerry Lake. We're still pulling for those Republicans. Hopefully we can get some majorities and at least stop some of this communism before it gets us full force. Thank you for spending so much time. God bless you. And I'll talk to you very soon. God bless you, Tommy. And congratulations on the marriage. Oh, thank you so much. All righty, still ahead, another tell-it-like-it-is warrior who not only throws heat but isn't afraid to take it, too. The one and only Kurt Schilling joins me, and I know you want to hear what he has to say about it all. That's next. So joining me now for what I'm sure will be some hot takes on whatever the heck happened last night is baseball legend and our friend Kurt Schilling. All right, Kurt. So it wasn't the red wave that we thought it was going to be. But I don't want to get too discouraged because we've still got some races that are up in the air and we made some gains. And at least some of the, the communist BS that was happening for the last two years is going to be stopped, or at least we hope. But last night, before you went to bed, how were you feeling? Uh, wow, there's a lot to unpack. Um, I guess my overall take is, given the state of our nation and given what this administration has done in the two years since it's been in office, if... Republicans couldn't create the tidal wave everybody was talking about under these circumstances, inflation at 10%. Uh, all of the economic, in nobody in the middle class is having a better day today than they did two years ago. Mm -hmm. If the Republicans couldn't ride that to a dominating midterm success, then there are questions to be asked. They ran crappy candidates. They mismanaged and, and misunderstood the message. Listen, again, I have so many different angles from this. So you're telling me that people are living, middle-class families are getting crushed by taxes, 10% inflation, all of the things that go with that, thousands of small businesses lost to COVID, all those things. And in Pennsylvania, they still looked at it and said, Trump or Fetterman? And they picked Fetterman? I mean, yeah. 
there are few more unqualified human beings on the planet to sit in office than this guy. He lived with his on his he's lived off his parents until he was like 50. He was a, a a mayor for a town of 1800 people. He never did anything. He was absent over half of the meetings. He was yeah. I mean it's just but but they looked at that as and, and let's be clear. This was Trump against the blue. Yeah. All right. And and I think it was when you start talking about the things like again, I don't I was just saying I don't understand Arizona. I grew up there. Yeah. Like how is that not 90-10 for Carrie Lake? Carrie Lake, after listening to the candidates talk and Katie Hobbs' refusal to, to wouldn't debate, debate wouldn't no, talk, nothing. and when and, she did, it was a disaster. And it's a simple, it's a simple process in the sense that just ask why? Why wouldn't she debate? If yeah. she was going to wipe the floor with her, if she knew her policies were going to kick Carrie Lake's ass, she would have been on the debate stage, crushing her. She couldn't, didn't, and wouldn't. I mean, and she and, and I'm not a liberal, so I don't call her a racist because she did something that was horribly racist years ago in firing the young lady that who's going to still bring charges or bring, bring uh, accusations against her. But all of these things added up to me. I was with the red suit. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It was in Florida. Yeah. And I think that there is a, a lot to unpack down there, too. I think Ron DeSantis and what he did and what Marco Rubio did in districts that were incredibly hispanic cuban yep. all those things i think miami dade look at miami i mean that's well, big. now you but and it's huge and, and that wasn't just there it happened in other places too and at the end of the day if we have the senate and the house fine we need to have them both yep um to stop this just abomination um but i think that there was a a not so subtle message sent to president trump last night that i think it feels like the right is ready to move on um and they're ready to move on with the ron DeSantis and carrie lakes of the world yeah well that's weird because you and i talked about this maybe a month ago maybe a little more and you were firmly in the trump 2024 camp last night changed your mind that much it didn't change my mind in other than the fact that i think for a lot of time i've always believed that and knowing him for 15 or 16 years that at the end of the day always I mean, you get past all the rhetoric. It's, you know, country first and then me second. And that was, but the things that he said and done over the last couple of weeks, I'm not so sure I feel like that anymore. I think it, this is, in his mind, far more about him than it is about the Republican Party. Because mm -hmm. he's, I mean, we went in this election. He's very clearly the figurehead of the Republican Party. Yeah. Well, and, and that could be a problem for us, quite I, honestly. I, I think... Yeah, I mean, again, look at all the economic. Nobody in in yep. this country, other than the elite, who never get affected by stuff like this, is better off. Despite that, you had and you had a, a, apparently a large uh, surge and change in white suburban women. They went to a lot, a, a large chunk went to the right, but literally millions of voters who will never, in any capacity, be impacted by pregnancy or abortion, had that at the top of their ticket. And their families are worse off. They chose mm -hmm. something that will never impact them to cast their vote for as opposed to something that directly impacts their everyday life. And I think that that's probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm very much pro-life. But I'm also very comfortable with states' rights mm -hmm. and, and how that, and that's, I think so much of that message got lost with Republicans and trying, and, and I think the other piece, and I was thinking about this the other day, I'm so tired of being physically ill listening to liberal i saw joy reed the other day <laughs> and and i i gotta tell you batman and robin uh joy and joy bayer and reed are yeah. two just 
they're just geniuses. And Joy Reid is on TV explaining to people that the word inflation is not something that normal people use. It's something the Republicans have taught their voters. And I get physically ill at that yeah. because, and, and, we, and the thing about it is we chuckle about it. They really honestly think people are as stupid as they are. Mm -hmm. that her, she's on TV explaining inflation is not really real. It's just because so it probably doesn't impact her, though. I think well, it that's, doesn't. That's the, thing, doesn't. that's the thing no, that needs absolutely. to be brought up absolutely. is that it's these elites that sit there and they don't have to worry about crime because they live in nice gated neighborhoods yep. or they have a building with a doorman. They don't worry about it. They've got security around the clock. They don't worry about it. They don't worry about what things cost because they make so much money yep. that, yeah, it's not fun to pay a little bit more, but they can stomach it. They don't care about the things that average everyday Americans have had to go through in these last couple of years. Nope. They can afford private schooling for their children, homeschooling for their children. They didn't have to go through the lockdowns with their kids losing you know, with learning loss that will be generational learning loss, oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah, they don't they didn't really get impacted by that. Even with COVID, they didn't really get impacted. When they were safer at home, they were in a beautiful but apartment it, or a mansion. It's one thing to not care. It's another thing to be ignorant of the candidate. John Fetterman is <laughs> as radical. I don't want to say radical because that implies intelligence. And there is very little there. Yeah. This is a guy who's just stupid. And and he is a he's a Bernie Sanders, you know, mm -hmm sycophant and talking about releasing a extraordinarily large number of inmates and all this other radical stuff as if I, 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 I just can't, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand how an educated adult with kids at home looks at that and says, yeah, that's the guy. I don't like that guy so much that I'm voting for this guy, even though this guy could let someone out that harms somebody in my family in the very near future. I think Dr. Oz was a bad candidate. He was. So I think that he was a bad choice. So I think had we had a better candidate, I think people true. would have made a better decision, and whether they were Trump endorsed or not. Absolutely. I just think there, Dr. There Oz are was down ballot tickets, and there are a lot of things. There were a lot of bad candidates. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know Herschel Walker. I thought he would be a good candidate. He wasn't. He, and, yeah. and you know, he still may win. Um, and and the fingers crossed for that. I would assume it's going to be a runoff. But then, you know, you're going to have a situation here. I I think Trump announces in the next week to two weeks and i'm not sure that that's a good thing for the georgia runoff i think no he, you know he it's announced, not right and he announced and he's going to do it and and it, that gets back to you know party be damned it's about me yeah and you know i was watching all of this run up and i thought you know the same thing when i saw desantis i i thought of carrie, carrie lake god she'd be a good vice president mm -hmm. eventually a president she's just no bs and you know but but what ron desantis did in florida i think is one of the huge takeaways um there there was a seismic shift in the under in in the in the sections of the voting populace mm -hmm. you know minorities are starting to to move to the right to numbers we were told listen if if the black vote ever gets 18 percent republican it's over mm -hmm. no democratic well that's turned out to not be true and you know um the polls were all wrong again uh and i'm wondering when we're going to stop you know <laughs> propping them up um, and I think part of it is that I think the electorate is no longer okay with telling people who they're voting for. No, because there's been a lot of shame that comes with it. And then people, quite frankly, just don't want to participate in that because they don't trust it. We're at a point now where there are no, uh, there, there's no one in the middle of the road anymore. And both sides are separated by a gulf that's so extreme. Both sides look at each other as purely evil. Yeah. And there is no scenario in which you say, okay, you know what, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Hitler. Yeah. Right. It, it, both sides look at each other and say everything they stand for, I'm against or everything President Trump stood for, I hate, even though 
this country was economically in a better place than it's been during anybody's life when he was in, and more people were employed and all the things that went with that. It, it's it's amazing how quickly the left, but this is what the left lives on and thrives on, right? It's mm -hmm. a divisiveness. The Republicans are the party of whatever they need to be every two to four years to make you vote for Democrats. Here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid Trump announces next week not only how that's going to impact the runoff in Georgia, but I'm worried because when I talk to people, people are still very much in the Trump supporting camp. Um, they feel wronged in 2020. They will vote for him again. And I'm not saying I wouldn't. If he's our guy, he's our guy. I'm voting for Trump. But I think there's going to be a lot of people out there, that are those hardcore Trump supporters, that even knowing that it's not setting us up for a victory, are still going to go so hard for Trump and not be able to see the forest through the trees and say, you know what, maybe it's time to move on. Well, I, what I think my fear, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you in a sense, is that you have the, the never-Trumpers who, no matter what happens, they're not voting for anybody related to Trump. Mm -hmm. And you have the MAGA Trump that are going to vote for him no matter what. And they're diehard, and they're also, right. but they're also, they've gotten to a point but of I being fanatical. But I think there's fanatical. an enormously large number of people that are on the bubble who he's not winning yeah. right now. And, and, and I think if he would just work harder at, at sending the message instead of talking about himself, sending a, a political message of, well, I'll tell you what needs to happen. We need to get Congress and, and immediately we need to put daily legislation in front of the Senate and the president that shows the world, the, the country, this is, if we're in charge, here's what we're going to do. Lower mm -hmm. taxes, you know, all these school choice, da, 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 whatever. They're going to get filibustered. They're probably, you know, depending on the number, yep. how the numbers end up, they'll get vetoed or whatever. But send the message to the, the American people. This is what we want for the American people. They're, that message isn't out there for anybody. My fear is that it, it, you do that, you send that message, that legislation, and then you start the tribunals, the Hunter yep. Biden, all the other yep. stuff. My fear is they're going to do it the other way. Because everybody's thinking yep. if they get in power, they're going to start, you know, which Hunter Biden needs to be. Yeah. Uh, Brought to but justice, it, but and all that's those not going to change. That's no. not going to change people's minds. And no, but are gonna, if, you, if yeah. you start out with that legislation piece and say, "Hey, this is where we want to mm -hmm. go." Look, the Democrats are stopping us. The Democrats are the president stopping this us from lowering all those mm -hmm. other things. Hey, they're trying to work for us. And then you say, hey, "Listen, Hunter, come on in here. We got a couple questions for you." I think that gets processed easier rather than day one. Here's a subpoena for Hunter Biden. Here's a subpoena for Hunter Biden's laptop. Here's a subpoena for Hillary Clinton and yep. about the, you know all those. You can do that down the road. I think I think the people are tired of that, but that's going to be a quick way to move more people away from the right. I think you're right. We need to focus on policy. And you mentioned the divide, but one place we didn't see that divide was Florida. Because people voted for Ron DeSantis. Even people that would never vote for Donald Trump, would never vote for Republican, voted for Ron DeSantis because they know that his leadership has been top of the line. And the proof is in the pudding. Look how many people moved to Florida. Yep. And the red wave stopped at their borders, unfortunately. Yeah. And like I said, I, I, I can't fathom a rational adult answering, why did you vote for John Fetterman in any logical <laughs> way? And, and I'm, I, I mean, again, there is absolutely nothing about that man that, that says, you know, service the country or anything like that. Or, I mean, just it's mind boggling to me. And, you know, he's not the only one. But like you said, Republicans ran a bunch of crappy candidates out there. And in that, that I mean, really, how hard would that race have been to win if you ran anybody yeah. of yeah. substance? Yeah. Well, that and 
There were some great candidates, though, that I was really sad. Um, Michigan, I thought Tudor Dixon was going to maybe pull it out. I, I mean, Gretchen, well, no one likes her. But the, the, you know what? You get what you deserve. They're going to get what the people of Pennsylvania are, unfortunately, going to get what they deserve. And that there's nothing you can do. You know, you would have thought the country would have learned its lesson two years ago, electing this crap mm -hmm. heap of an administration. Clearly, again, some of the things that, that we think aren't up there on a priority scale are uh, abortion being one of them. And I've said it before, when your entire party's platform is legalized unfettered access to abortion and legalizing marijuana and <laughs> climate change. Yeah. Okay. That and opening the borders. Right. All right, last thing I want to shift as we're moving away from politics into some more somewhat politics. We had an announcement this week that, you know, they're considering you for the Contemporary Hall of Fame. So you have to explain that to me. And I know before you wanted to withdraw your name altogether. What is your take on this new news? So uh, my initial request to withdraw was to withdraw from the Hall of Fame ballot that I was on the 10th right. year for. Uh, just not wanting to go through the process. It's such a hard process for my family every year that we just want to walk away from it. What happens is after your 10 years are up, there are three different committees. There's a contemporary committee, which is 1980 onward. There's a, uh, a golden age committee that is what it sounds like, uh, Negro Leagues, early 1900s. And then there's a contemporary era for umpires, coaches, and, and you know the builders mm -hmm. of the game. Uh, and they rotate every three years. So this year, the Contemporary Player Committee is voting. Next year, it will be a different committee next year, and then the Contemporary Player Committee will come back in three years. It's a 16-person panel. It's four people from the Hall of Fame that work at the Hall of Fame, Jeff Idelson and a couple of the people that work at the Hall of Fame. It's four uh, members of the media. Don't know who they are. And then it's eight former players that are Hall of Fame members. You have to get 12 and 16 votes to that committee to be elected. The beauty of it is, is, is that they do it at the winter meetings on December 5th, mm -hmm. It's a one and done. There's no drawn out process, submit ballots, you find out, they call and announce it on the day it happens. And it's actually, I was really surprised at the ballot this year because I thought they kind of waited, once guys went off the ballot, they'd wait a couple of years. But the eight players on there are, I mean, Dale Murphy should be in. Uh, there's a couple guys on there that should have already been. Fred McGriff. Um, but no, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't feel good about it. I don't think it's going to happen, but... You know, I, I'm okay with where it is now. But you feel better about this process? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. it's, there's eight players who have plaques in the Hall of Fame who I have no problem standing in judgment of me. And probably eight guys that I've used during my career to try and get better, so I'm okay with that. Um, and I think the four people at the Hall of Fame, as much as you'd like to think, I mean, I, I think, in getting to know them, I think they're very impartial people. I think they're they're goal is to make sure the Hall of Fame has a statute of standards and, and that they abide by those voting. Um, and then the four writers, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> and I assume they're, they're possibly the Ford Frick winners, which is the writer's elected member. Um, and they're the ones that don't really like you. That's uh, where you run into the issues. That's where I'll have the largest, pro I, I wouldn't expect to go four for four in that category. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I always say when, you know, and I, I, now I'm really in that corner. You know, when people on that side uh, have a moral and ethical problem with me, it means I'm doing something right. Yeah. Well, every time I, I read an article about it or any article that mentions you whatsoever, especially just purely baseball articles, it's always, you know, hey, you know, he didn't, he didn't drug up, but he's got some controversial Right. Opinions. Well, and that's my biggest problem <laughs> is you're talking about a couple guys who ruined other people's lives yeah. to preserve their legacy. 
for a lie. I didn't do any of that. And, and, and the things that, that I'm, the writer supposedly voted me out for, I didn't do. You know, I, I saw an article by a very large sports outlet talking about how I had, uh, you know, I didn't do PEDs, but I did offend Muslims, which I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I did offend transgenders, which I didn't. I didn't do any of the things that they said, but that, that whole perception is reality thing is, is, is anchored and in, in, in cemented in concrete now. If, if the perception is, then that's what it is. So this Contemporary Hall of Fame, all goes well. Is there going to be backlash against you? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. Really, I mean, not yeah. from anybody I know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, in the, in the sports community, are the writers are they going to freak out? How could this possibly happen? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, that would be the one like smiley for me. It would be that after ten years of you guys bumbling idiots, in the, you know, first day in time in front of the committee, I get voted in. You know. Yeah. Well, well I'm hoping for that. Well, thank you. Because I'd like to see them eat. And congratulations! A, you know, I understand of... you did the official knot tying. I did. I am I am married now. Yes, that is that is surely true. And I shared your advice that you gave me last time with JP. Okay. He's not fully taken it yet. That's but okay. you know, he hey, we're he we're three weeks in, so I just celebrated we uh two days ago was thirty years for Sean. Oh my and I, gosh. So, well congratulations. Yeah. And we've gone full redneck. We've gone full redneck. Full redneck. She bought me a new pickup truck and I bought her a gun. There, hey, right. I, I can't, we are full-on Tennessee natives now. I can't think of anything better than that. And you know what? The thing about Tennessee, we're always going to be reliably red. Yes. Knock on wood. So yes. you picked a good state. Well, thank you for all your reactions always as usual. Uh, we'll sit and wait for next week and see if we get an announcement, and we'll see what happens. All right. It's uh, never a dull moment. Nope. All right, guys. My final thoughts and everything that happened last night are next. Despite literally everything being against us, we came out swinging, got some victories under our belt and some fire in our bellies. But my friends, what we have ahead, the uphill battle we will still fight and fight with everything we have is going to be no cakewalk. Yesterday was the easy part compared to what is ahead of us. And it's time for final thoughts. All right, folks, I'm going to go ahead and state the obvious. We didn't get what we wanted last night. It wasn't the seismic red tsunami we hoped, prayed, and voted for. But we cannot hang our heads. We still have unfinished business, and we still made gains that will throw a wrench in whatever cockamamie communist garbage these Democrats have in the works for the next two years. Thanks to you, thanks to all of us, we will no longer be at the mercy of whoever programs Biden and his teleprompter. So we need to celebrate that. When the silent majority is willing to get louder, we cannot be stopped. But it wasn't just registered Republicans that gave us these victories last night. It was independents and even Democrats who didn't necessarily vote red because they like us, but more so because they knew they had to take a chance. Just look at Miami-Dade. It went red. Just look at how close Lee Zeldin was in New York. That is not something to scoff at. That is big stuff. The Democrats have fudged up literally everything, so much so they had to rely on a still mysterious Pelosi hammer attack and the nearly two-year-old events of January 6th as their only talking points. Oh, and abortion, that too. But if you think Democrats are going to change course, you haven't been paying attention. No, instead they will triple down on the failed agenda and keep at it. They just can't quite figure out why the economy, inflation, and crime are so important to us little people. The numbers in these exits do not line up with what we were seeing in the polling data going into this election about what people cared about and the order in which they ranked it. So we have had a lot of questions throughout this time about 
new voters, people that hadn't been in there before that were perhaps not getting captured by the polling. So maybe this is a sign that we're going to see a little bit more of that tonight than we expected. We obviously don't know yet. And you know what's missing from this one, two, three, four, five, top five issues? Democracy. Oh, yeah. It's not even in here. It's not to say that it's not an issue for people, but it doesn't even come issue. close. Who wants to tell her we live in a constitutional republic, not a democracy? Forget it. Lost cause. But thanks to voters yesterday, our country is not a lost cause. We can save it, or at least we can start. So here's the message I really want to get out loud and clear, and I hope you all are with me on this. The worst thing that could happen now that we've made these gains is to sit back and do nothing with them. We cannot let that happen again. We have to make sure these Republicans earn the right to call themselves your elected leaders, earn the right to sit in those coveted seats you put them in. The hard work begins now because we've still got this buffoon in office for another 800 or so days. So, no, we won't get everything we want, but we can stop some of the communist BS we've been forced to put up with for the last two years. A majority in any sense of the word means nothing if we don't do something with it. And if we mess this up, we can kiss 2024 goodbye. And so it begins. Don't let us down. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to catch the entire show as well as exclusive content, of course, on Outkick.com. From Nashville, God bless and take care.